kind of hard to hold on to. It's a little slippery. And it's very, very small. Maybe you guys on the front row can see it. Can you see that little thing? That's a seed. That's an apple seed. And if you know anything about seeds, you'll know that from a, probably your youngest years in school, you had a little styrofoam cup and some dirt. <laughs> I think we all did this as kids, right? We all stuck the seed down in the dirt, and then in class for a few weeks, you were watering the, watering the dirt, and nothing was happening, and then all of a sudden, you see the little green shoot come up. Well, one of the things that you know about seeds, I think, we can all kind of come to an agreement on, is that if I put it right there, that's not going to do anything. I'm going to leave that there for the rest of the lesson, and if for some reason it starts shooting up in the middle of my talking, you just let me know. <laughs> if it starts growing into something, I'm not going to pay attention to it, so just keep an eyeball on it. We know that seeds are only really viable unless they go down into the dirt, and they kind of bury themselves down in there, and then that's when the work starts to happen. And as we start thinking in this year-long series about hand to plow, putting our hand to the work of the Lord our God, I want to start off this morning, as we kind of introduced in our first lesson, talking about the field of our heart and how the Word is implanted deep in our heart. There is something very true about what Jesus would go on to say in Luke chapter 8, and we're going to consider his really great first parable, it's been called sometimes, the, the parable of the sower and the seed. But I want to think about this morning what the seed is all about, why the seed is so important to me, and really how sometimes it's easy for us to put it on the flat surface of the table of our hearts rather than planting it deep down in there. And we understand that the Word of God is going, to, is going to work in our hearts only when we put it down in deep, when it becomes a part of us. As Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 31, he would write the words on our heart. They become an integral part of who we are. And we're going to think about that together this morning. But Luke chapter 8, verses 5 to 8, Jesus starts out, as we read in our scripture reading, a sower went to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it, and some fell on good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. And of course, as we've, as we've probably studied this parable hundreds of times as good Bible students, there's a lot we can draw out from this. And, and really, I think as hopefully is becoming very aware this morning is these two lessons, the lesson earlier about the field and this lesson today about the implanted word, we're going back to basics here. This is not, these are not things that are going to blow our minds. These are not things that are just going to become so you know, lofty in our thoughts. But I think it's so important for us to get back to basics, especially as we're thinking about doing the work of God, because sometimes we overcomplicate things, don't we? We make the work too complicated. We make it too hard. And we think for ourselves that it's harder than it actually is. You think about planting the Word of God within our hearts. We think about the, the progression here, as we talked about in our first lesson. In the field of our hearts, we plant the seed 
We water that seed and entrench those habits, and then we step back, look at the growth that God is providing, and see the fruit of all the labor that we've put in. And so this morning, we're going to start out thinking about planting the seed. And really, planting the seed is very easy to do. It's pretty simple to do. It's very straightforward. In fact, the big idea of this lesson really is a simple one that God transforms our lives from the inside out when we first prepare our hearts to receive his word. It's God, again, that does the transformation. He's the one that provides the growth, but we've got to be the ones to put that word deep within our hearts. The transformation happens from the inside out, and that is why that apple seed right there is not going to sprout up in the middle of this lesson. I'm checking on it again. It hasn't moved. The, the apple seed is not going to grow into something because it's just kind of sitting on the surface. And we need to put the Word of God deep within our hearts so that God can do the transformational work from the inside out. And really, as we've talked about in the first lesson with all the different kinds of fields, it, I think it starts with our hearts. I think it starts with every one of us addressing ourselves first. Because unless we address ourselves first, then I'm not going to be able to go out into my community and, and, and convert anyone if I've not first checked myself and checked my own motives. Jesus actually had some very powerful things to say to the Pharisees who would travel great distances to proselytize people, and then they would turn out making them twice a child of hell as themselves. And they, they had not addressed themselves first, but they, they went out into their communities and they did a lot of work out there, but we got to start with the heart. We have to start with our heart first. And God can do the great work. But what is the seed here in Luke chapter 8? Again, not, not going to blow anyone's minds here, because I think we all understand what the seed is. And in fact, Jesus fortunately goes through and explains the parable. This is the first parable that kind of blew his disciples' mind. So as they're asking him about these things, he says, okay, let me explain it to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know the secrets of the kingdom there in verse 10. But for others, they're in parables so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now he goes on to explain what the seed is. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Luke chapter 8, verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And we could stop right there and talking about the seed. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the Bible. The seed is God's word, and this is what we need to put into our heart, and it's that simple. It really is that simple. We need to put this book, the writings of the inspired writers throughout time, we need to put all of the words of this book into our heart. That is the seed. That's where this all starts from. The seed is the, is the word of God, and that is what really kicks off the entire transformation. But we need to understand, too, that the seed is able to save. And we find that in, in James chapter 1, verse 21. James chapter 1, verse 21, where James explains here, this is where this word for the title of the lesson comes. James 1, verse 21, uh, back up to verse, yeah, verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Notice here how he says, to receive the implanted word. Those are two very similar words, by the way. Receive and implanted. Why did he say implanted? Why didn't he just say receive the word? Why did he have to use the word implanted there? 
Well, because again, the, the, the old communion table here has received the seed, but it hasn't implanted it, has it? It's just sitting on the top. It hasn't put, it, it hasn't put the seed deep down within. You know, I could open up this box and put the seed inside, and it, it would be more implanted in the box. It's still not going to grow anyway, but, but if, unless we put the seed down in the ground, nothing's going to happen. The Word of God, it's able to save us, but only when we receive it and when we plant it, when we put it inside. And so the seed is able to save, but the Word of God, able to save, and here's, here's the real powerful one. It's Christ living in me. The seed is Christ living in me. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. By the way, if you go back, of course, what was, what was Christ described as in John chapter 1? In the, beginning was what, in the beginning was the Word. And here we see that the Word, being Christ Jesus in Galatians 2, verse 20, we see, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Jesus living within me. It's his words within me. It's his, it's his truth transforming me from the inside out. That is the seed. That is the power of the seed. The seed has the power to change us. And if we don't start with the seed, no amount of us trying to change ourselves is going to do anything. It's going to be as useless as putting the seed on top of the box. It's not going to grow, up, it grow into anything productive. And so we have to start with the right seed. This is the right seed. This guy over here, he's not the right seed. Sean Jeffries, I love him to death. He's not the seed. Our elders, they're not the seed. Your favorite historical figure of faith, they're not the seed. Jesus Christ is the seed. He's the one we start with. He's the one we end with. His words are what transforms our life, every part of our life. He's the seed. And, and I, I feel like it's important to start there. Because unless we get that point, I think we're, we're off to a really shaky foundation moving forward. So let's talk about preparing the way. I don't know if you're like me. I'm going to over-prepare. I, I love to make plans. I love to make spreadsheets. I love to measure like 17 times and cut once. You know, I love to make sure that everything is ready to go. You ever bought a refrigerator? This is going to sound really strange, talking about seeds and now refrigerators. You ever bought a refrigerator, and you, you stop to think about the amount of steps that are required to get that refrigerator from outside of your house to inside of your house, right? You've got to navigate through a bunch of doorways. Maybe you have to take the doors off the refrigerator. Maybe you have to figure out the best possible route through your house so that you don't need to move too much furniture. You know, then you have to figure out, okay, you had the old refrigerator there, and you have to move it out of the way so that now you have room to put the new refrigerator in there. And then you got to clear the, you know, all the whatever was underneath that old refrigerator. You probably want to vacuum that stuff up first. Yeah, you're shaking your head. You definitely do the same thing. But you got all these steps to do in thinking about how to get that new refrigerator into place. And like John the Baptist, sometimes you got to prepare the way. Sometimes you got to move stuff out of the way. you got to make, make some space, make some room. And as we think about it here in Luke chapter 8, that is exactly what Jesus is trying to get us to see. We've got to prepare the way. Because he talks about a bunch of different kinds of soils, and he starts here with the path, or 
the, the wayward soil or the sidewalk, basically. The ones along the path are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. And so in Luke 8, verse 12, he describes the path. Sometimes the seed lands along the path, and it really doesn't go anywhere, right? It doesn't, it doesn't take root. It doesn't take hold. And in fact, I love, I love how Jesus would describe the Pharisees in John chapter 8, verse 37. You know what he says their biggest problem is? That his word has no place in their heart. His word finds no place in their heart. And that was one of his big con condemnations of them. Your big problem is what I say is not landing with you. It's not seeping down into your heart. You're, you haven't implanted it into your heart. And so the path really represents this challenge that we all have to deal with is where the word just finds no place in us. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been at that place in your life where you just were not in the place of your life to receive the word. Where no matter who would talk to you about God, no matter who would try to explain to you about Jesus Christ and his saving power, no matter what you would hear, it just bounced off. And that's challenging. And, and I think with all of these soils, it's important for us to understand that Jesus is trying to tell us, you have a choice. I hate the phrase, it's just who I am. I hate that phrase. Ken Leach used to hate that phrase. All, all my good friends hate that phrase because we sit there and think, well, I just am refusing to change. I can't change. I, it's impossible for me to change. Well, why is Jesus even saying these things here in Luke 8 if it wasn't possible for us to change? If it wasn't possible for us to change from being the path to being the good soil, as we're going to talk about in a little bit, why even bring this up if we have no, no work, no say in the game? I think what Jesus is trying to explain to us is you need to be the kind of people who are preparing the way for the word, making a space cultivating the soil, getting ready to receive the word. And if you're going to be the kind of person who the word just bounces off of you, well, that's going to be a problem. There's, nothing is going to grow there. And so we see Jesus being really very explicit about how these people are not going to bear good fruit for the Lord because the, the word hasn't found root in their heart. It, it just doesn't even take hold. And so for us, I don't think a lot of us are the path, by the way. We're all here today. And hopefully all of us who are here are spiritually minded people. So I don't think we're all the path. Maybe you have been the path at one point in time. Maybe you've been the kind of person who just wouldn't receive and then something happened. And maybe, maybe you relate more to the, the following verses, Luke 8, verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy but these have no root. They believe for a little while, and in time of testing, they fall away. Maybe you've been this person. Maybe you know this person. And sadly, many people are the rocky soil. Many people don't have root. The word doesn't take hold. They receive it with joy. They're very excited about it, but unfortunately, at some point, the testing comes. The difficulty comes and they fail to meet the test. They fail to meet the test. 
And what is the testing? I mean, the testing can be all kinds of things. A loved one dying, somebody coming to them with a challenging message about them needing to repent, some difficult situation in the, in the world today. I mean, all, all these kinds of things can test our faith. And if we don't have root, if we are the seed that is kind of sitting along, among the rocks, then we're not going to be nourished, we're not going to be growing, and we're not going to pass the test. And so we need to make sure that we've removed the rocks. That's Jesus' point. Not, well, if you've got a rocky heart and soil, well, tough luck. <laughs> That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying you need to clear out the rocks and receive as good soil. And then he goes on, Luke 8, verse 14. And as for those who fell among the thorns, they were those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Remember at the end of the last lesson, we talked about how seriously God treats a tree that does not bear fruit. And Jesus here is explaining that those who are choked out by the thorns, the cares of the world, and do not mature, these kinds of people, well, they certainly will be cut down someday, but they won't produce anything. And so the seed is not going to take hold. It's going to be choked out by the thorns. It's going to be choked out by the cares of the world. And now maybe this is starting to hit home. It's usually around the thorns one where I just start to get, I feel like I'm getting poked. Because it's me. I've been here. I've been here a lot. Where the cares of the world and the distractions and everything that just seems to just pile on and pile on, I find myself loving the world more than loving God. Have you ever been there? I think we've all been there. Where it's a lot easier to sit and just obsess over the news of the day than to sit down and just thoughtfully Read God's Word. Now, what's going what's gonna to be more spiritually beneficial for you in the long run? You know, the, the hour and a half of Fox News that you watched, the hour and a half of that sitcom that you, that you binged, or the hour and a half that you sat down and, and you did your daily Bible reading, or you studied with a friend, or whatever it was. You know, you fed yourself in a, in a good, positive, spiritual way. But we certainly can let the cares of the world choke out the Word. And, and it happens. And Jesus knows that it happens, and that's why he's explaining to us, begging us to remove the thorns. Get the cares of the world out of there. And so, he goes on to talk about then the good soil. And this is not, again, one of those things where you're like, whoa, whew, I'm the good soil. Well, isn't that nice? No, I think of, of what Jesus is explaining here, I think there's a lot of work required in getting good soil. Right? I mean, just with, with farming in general, right? You don't have just, you know, stumble across a field that's all just without any human intervention, tilled and, and ready to go, right? Like, especially here in, in Arizona, you got to do some work. Otherwise, you're going to be dealing with rock-hard, compacted, cleachy soil that's just full of rocks and, and nasty. And nobody wants that. But he goes on to explain here, as for the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word... Hold it fast with an honest and good heart. Bear fruit with patience. So he explains a few things that we are when we have this 
good soil. Good soil, again, is a choice. It is a choice, it is work, and it is the cultivation of a lot of effort that we need to make sure because we need to hold it fast. First, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, Paul there explains how, you know, to the, to the Corinthian church, this is a big deal. In First Corinthians, he's been dealing with a lot of difficult situations, remember. And here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast and immovable. That's what God wants us to be, right? He wants us to be rooted. As good soil, he wants us to hold fast the word, not let it go. And we need to do that. We need to make sure that we never let go of the word. As, as people who have cultivated a heart that is good soil, we need to focus on the word. We need to obsess over the word. We need to just never want to let the word go. And when we find ourselves getting loose in our connection to the word, we need to reattach. And that happens from time to time. It's easy for us to, to spend more time doing other things than it is for us to spend time focused on the Word of God. And I'm not going to step on Sean's lesson when next month he talks about the entrenching habits that we do in our heart, but there are a lot of habits, a lot of watering needed to help that seed take root. But we need to hold it fast as people with a heart of good soil. We also need to have an honest and good heart, as he explains here. An honest and good heart, and that's where you go back to James chapter 1, verse 21, where James there explains to us sort of that, the, the, the thought process in verse 20. He says that the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Again, you know, we were talking about cultivating the soil, right? Isn't that what James is saying there? Take away the bad attitudes. Take away the anger. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Take away all that stuff. Put away the filthiness and rampant wickedness. Clean up the soil. Prepare the way for God's word and then receive it with meekness. That implanted word which can save your soul. Receive it with meekness. And again, I'll go back to a lesson where we talked about the war horse and meekness. Someone who's trainable, someone who's moldable, someone who will allow the condition of their heart to be softened. It is so hard dealing with hard-hearted people. And if I am a hard-hearted person, it's going to be like putting that seed on the top of my heart. It's not going to go down in unless I do the work of softening it up. And so we need to have honest and good hearts. And that honesty, I think, is important because this is not a bunch of lies. This is not deception. This is not some multi-level marketing scheme that I'm trying to get people to, to follow me in, right? This is not some pyramid Ponzi situation. Paul would talk about people who were peddling the gospel. But you remember how he responded, how he reacted to those people who were peddling the gospel? Let them peddle. Effectively, let them peddle because at least the gospel is spreading, right? They might be doing it for selfish gain, but at least the gospel is being spread. And I think we need to understand that what we have here in the seed is powerful. 
It's powerful and it's true. And we can stand against all the lies and the darkness in the world by giving them the word of God. And if they are honest and they are true and they're people who are looking for the word, just like we are as we're thinking about our own hearts, if we're honest and looking for the truth, we'll find it in this. We'll find it when we are trainable and moldable to God's truth. But as good soil, finally, it bears fruit patiently. So going back to two things that Mitch said in his class, I know it's a lot of you were in the other class, but we were studying Genesis 15, or 25 today, again, about sort of how our timetables just are off kilter from God's timetables, right? When I pray, when I ask God for something, I want it kind of right now. You know, I want to see the fruit right now. I mean, wouldn't it have been awesome if that just grew into an apple tree, like right in the middle of, of this lesson? That would have been pretty sweet. It doesn't happen that way, especially because I didn't treat the, the seed very well. But even when we do our part, even when we plant, and then as we're going to talk about, even when we water, the fruit doesn't always come right away. That's why I think Jesus here in Luke 8 explains to us that we need to bear fruit patiently. You're not the, if you're not a patient kind of person, you and I, we can sympathize. <laughs> I, I have a hard time sometimes being patient. Patience is something that I'm always working on. And Galatians 5, 22 to 24, Paul would talk about the fruit of the Spirit, that fruit that bears, that comes from the Spirit, that comes from the Lord God. One of those things, by the way, is patience in the fruit. But we bear fruit patiently and we wait for God's timetable and let him worry about the growth. And then the other thing that I think we need to understand here is that sometimes it's easy for us to not see growth, not see things working out, and then resort to our own method of handling things, right? Remember how Abraham would just kind of thought he would take matters into his own hands throughout his life and just fall back to his own ideas. That's not going to work when we're sitting there patiently waiting for the word to grow within our hearts. We have to seriously sit down and say, how long am I willing to invest before I see the benefit coming into my life? And it might take a while. And you might be bombarded and confronted with trouble and trial and all of those difficulties that we talked about earlier. And the, the devil may be constantly assaulting you and you may throw up your hands and say, I've given my life to the Lord and all I've experienced is just pain and difficulty. And my family doesn't like me and people don't appreciate me and nobody seems to connect with me. And you might just throw up your hands and say, ah, it's too much. But the heart of good soil is going to say, it doesn't matter how long it takes for me to see the benefit or the fruit coming out, I'm going to stick with God. I'm going to bear fruit patiently. And so commit yourself to, to the long term. Commit yourself to the long term investment. Because man, if God would give me everything I wanted when I asked for it, that would be pretty nice. But then I wouldn't learn any patience. And God would, would be bending to my timetable and, and I, rather than the other way around. So Jesus talks to us a lot about the seed. And 
I think it's so powerful. And you've probably, we've probably all studied this hundreds of times again, but receive the implanted word. Put it in your heart. Don't just let it bounce off of you. Don't just let it rest on you without any depth. Prepare the way. Cultivate the soil of your heart in such a way that you can receive these things and put it into action, put it into practice. And we're going to talk about next month some of those habits, some of those entrenching habits, the watering that we can be doing in our own hearts because absolutely this is not a one-time activity, as Jesus would, would explain there in, in Luke 8. Some people will receive it, and they'll be very joyful that they've received it, but after time and after difficulty, they'll let it go. Don't let it go. The question for all of us, though, is are we ready to receive the implanted word? And if you're not, if you're not a child of the Lord's, if you've not put his word into your heart, if he's not living within you, then as James talks about, you will not be saved because it is the word, it is the seed planted in our hearts that saves us. Faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, please come as we stand and sing.